Welcome to Bedtime Stories for Woke Children, a storytelling podcast to help you discuss difficult social, cultural, and political topics with your kids. Here's the story. Timmy has a valentine. Timmy woke up particularly early that morning, butterflies in his tummy and a few nervous tingles in his chest. The day had arrived at last, Valentine's Day. Timmy was the tallest boy in his fourth grade class, and he was one of the top basketball players at his elementary school. That made him quite popular with the ladies. Every day at recess, girls would take an especially long pause at the water fountain by the basketball court just to watch him. There were many girls at school who would love to be his valentine, and yet that fact, which made him the envy of many other fourth graders, just didn't matter to Timmy. Timmy had a crush. And today, he was going to give his crush a very special poem, hence the early morning butterflies and nervous tingles. The poem went a little something like this. I've had a secret since the first day of school. The secret is that I think you're real cool. But not just cool, you're also real smart. You're so good at science and reading and art. You're also very funny and so good at sports which I think is impressive because you're so short. Your height isn't bad. Actually, I think it's quite cute. And so is your hair. It always smells like fruit. What I'm trying to say is, I think you're fine. I was wondering if maybe you'd be my valentine. If you don't want to, I totally understand why. I might be embarrassed, but at least I tried. Timmy. Timmy had spent hours writing and rewriting his poem, crumpling it up and writing it again. He and his mom made a batch of cookies that didn't turn out quite right, and he wasn't sure what flavor of candy would be best. He almost decided not to bother with the valentine at all. Telling someone how you feel is scary enough without all of the work that goes into making a perfect valentine. Alas, after quite a bit of stress, he decided on his favorite candy, Starbursts. That way, if his crush rejected him, at least he'd get his favorite candy out of it. Timmy climbed out of bed, put on the ironed red button-down and khaki pants that his mom had laid out for him, combed his hair and brushed his teeth for a little longer than usual, and began his walk to the bus stop, his pack of starbursts and folded pink construction paper poems sitting safe and sound in his backpack. The big yellow bus drove through the town, stopping periodically to collect students clothed in pink and red, waiting patiently at their bus stops. Some carried boxes of valentines for their classmates. Others carried hungry looks on their faces, thinking about the valentine treats they would soon get to devour. Timmy's face looked nervous, and a little bit nauseous. In just a few more bus stops, he would see his crush. Does he look alright? Maybe he's too dressed up. What if his hair looks funny or he has breakfast in his teeth? Nervous thoughts continue to buzz around his brain like busy bees. What if his crush says no or laughs in his face? Or scarier still, what if his crush says yes after all? In all his careful planning, Timmy hadn't yet considered what would happen if his crush liked him back. His palms felt sweaty. He decided not to think about that possibility just yet and he proceeded to count street signs instead. Just 17 street signs later, the bus creeped to its final stop. As he stumbled out of the bus, his eyes scanned the crowd of students looking for his crush. Smack! 
Timmy had tripped on his untied shoelaces. Oh, how embarrassing. Thank goodness his crush hadn't seen that. He picked up his backpack and continued on his way. When he got to his classroom, he rushed quickly to his assigned seat, his eyes watching his feet in case of another shoelace disaster. He sat down, took a deep breath, looked up in front of him, and saw him. Timmy's crush, Walter, was standing quietly in front of his desk with a smile on his face. He wore red, too. He smells as fruity as ever. Happy Valentine's Day, Timmy. Uh, oh, uh, happy Valentine's Day, Walt. I uh, brought you something, actually. Timmy's shaking hand was reaching for his backpack when he noticed that it was unzipped. He peeked inside, searching nervously for his valentine, but it was nowhere to be found. It must have fallen out when he tripped on his evil anti-Valentine's Day shoelaces. Without warning, stinging tears were in Timmy's eyes. He kept his eyes on his shoelaces, cheeks flaming with embarrassment. It must have fallen out when I tripped in the hallway. After all of that work and preparation, nothing. And now, on the day of love, he's sitting in front of his crush, empty-handed and humiliated. All rats, Walter said. That's okay. I brought you something, too. Timmy looked up from his shoelaces to see Walter holding something very special and unexpected in his hands. A jumbo bag of Starbursts. Wow, thanks! Starbursts are my favorite candy, said Timmy. Walter smiled. I know they are. I brought them because I know they're your favorite. I really like you, and I was wondering, would you be my valentine? Timmy's heart leaped from his chest and danced around the room. He couldn't believe it. His crush likes him too. Never in his wildest dreams did he expect this to happen. After all, boys didn't typically ask other boys to be their valentines. But that didn't matter because his crush, his handsome, funny, good at sports, short in a good way crush, just gave him starbursts. Timmy got up from his seat and took the bag of starbursts into his hands, smiling from ear to ear. I would love to be your valentine. He thought back to his poem he had spent hours writing. I think you're really cool, and your height isn't bad. He wished he had thought to memorize the good parts. Walter laughed. <laughs> Thanks. Your height isn't bad either, although it makes this a little harder. Walter got up on his tiptoes and gave Timmy a kiss on the cheek. The butterflies in his stomach were now a ball of sunshine, radiating warmth from his head down to his toes. One thing was for sure. This was a Valentine's Day Timmy would never forget. Want to hear more about how we wrote the story? Stay tuned. Happy Valentine's Day! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay for gay love stories. Yes. So, so Jenna, yes. you wrote this story. I did. Tell us about it. I wrote this story, um, of course, in honor of Valentine's Day, which we just passed. I wanted to write a story that, A, normalized um, same sex and just in general non-heteronormative love stories from a young age because I know 
um, a lot of people in the LGBT community experienced these crushes as kids and didn't feel safe expressing them. So I wanted to express a story that is relatable um, and also a story that normalizes boys, young boys, expressing their emotions, exploring um, their own creativity through writing poems, learning how to be vulnerable, um, and just in general, just good old-fashioned elementary school love. And I wrote the story um, gender-neutral in his crush until the very, very end so that it would be relatable for LGBT kids to hear stories that relate to them, but also for non-LGBT kids to be able to relate to their LGBT friends because at the end of the day, love is love. Love is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked how in the story, it the gender neutral part of it made it seem just normal mm-hmm. to have a crush. Mm-hmm. Rather, and at the end, it wasn't making a huge deal out of the crush being same mm-hmm. sex. It was just kind of like, this is a crush. Mm-hmm. Look at it, how it's going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really important because I think um, something like a... A conception that a lot of adults have that isn't right, but it's an understandable conception to have is that children just automatically know, like, or automatically think, like, oh, this is weird, because it's actually the opposite. Children are so open-minded from such a young age that they aren't, they don't grow up thinking that same-sex relationships or LGBT relationships are weird they grow up thinking that's the normal and then it's, are, they're told otherwise. And so normalizing it is completely natural for them. Um, this is a story that I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to. Um, and another thing that I thought was important um, was that studies show that whenever you portray negative reactions to situations – that isn't normalizing it for the children. It's teaching them, oh, this is how I react. So the article I'm referring to is from um, the Joanne Gans Cooney Center of, of Sesame Workshop, which is a research center that focuses on studying children and media. Um, so a little excerpt from an article that I found. It is clearly important to highlight all types of different characters with different strengths, weaknesses, thought processes, and different ways of thinking, living, and learning. My one caveat about, quote, exposure, unquote, was that when we are focusing on differences, we must be careful about dealing with negative feelings around those differences, especially with young preschool children. By introducing the notion that some might feel bad about those differences rather than being curious we run the risk of introducing something that was not on the child's radar. So I think that's really, children grow up curious. They don't grow up judgmental. So um, putting a possible judgment on a child's radar prematurely without that happening organically to them is just, is more harmful than than good, Um, which I thought was interesting. That's super interesting. I've never thought of it that way, and I'm sure I've, like, accidentally done that before. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really interesting and such a good thing to learn. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I could have had in the story people making fun of them for being gay or, like, him being nervous because he thought being gay was weird or having a crush on the boy was re- was weird. 
But that wouldn't be normalizing a child thinking that that would actually be teaching them to think that. There's studies that show that. Um, and so stories like this, it's really important to um, focus on the positive parts and focus on pos- showing positive reactions, showing positive outcomes where both people have a happy ending, even queer people have happy endings instead of portraying discrimination or um, or bullying that might happen, which definitely does happen. And there's a place to share those stories. But when it comes to just portraying a story of love, it's good to show it in a wholly positive way, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think that's such a huge, important part of this story. Um, because when you were first showing it to me and I was reading it I was wondering if at the end Walter was going to reject to me mm. um because and then it would be kind of like a lesson learning moment yeah but I liked it so much more when that didn't happen mm-hmm. and it was just really normal like I think the word that we keep going back to is normal mm-hmm. and for you to say like like I knew that I liked that it was normal but for you to like explicitly say like studies show mm-hmm. that if you are trying to teach kids like hey, don't do it this way. They're going to pick up like, oh, don't do it this way because that was normal. Mm -hmm. Or like, because normally somebody would be like, oh no, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. So that is normal. But Mm -hmm. no, actually just like the normal routines of having a crush of Mm -hmm. like, it's Valentine's Day, I want to give them something. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they like candy. It's really meaningful to make something for someone. Mm -hmm big poetry valentine's day kind of connections that people make like that's all just very normal feelings very Mm -hmm. normal actions that i think everyone feels in elementary school and then in the end it was another boy and that's fine Mm -hmm. and that's normal yeah that's regular Mm -hmm. and it ends so sweet i love the kiss on the cheek i think (laughs) yeah yeah i thought that was that was fun Mm -hmm. um and another thing that's kind of it's, un- it's definitely related, but unrelated to the LGBT concept is that I um, consciously included a lot of somatic descriptions, like my hands are sweaty or like I have butterflies in my stomach because typically with kids, when it comes to identifying emotions, I think like a lot of queer people growing up, they're like, how do I know I'm gay? how how can I recognize when I have feelings for someone or just like in general when I'm nervous when I'm excited how can I tell um and I think having these somatic descriptions of I feel a little bit nauseous I um have sweaty palms I have butterflies in my stomach my hands are tingly those types of clues will help children identify those feelings in themselves and hopefully give them some um some tools to help identify emotions in themselves in a way that they might not have the ability to at that age yeah that's really cool I think that when you have a crush those are really normal feelings but that kind of when you talked about that that reminded me of how I identified I had anxiety when I was little mm-hmm. um because for me it was always about the physical feelings first mm-hmm. so I remember one time I was talking to my sister I was like in probably late middle school early high school and I was telling her, I think I have anxiety. And she said, how do you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get spine tingles, like up and down my spine. Yeah. And um, I feel like I'm going to throw up and I get really hot and I feel like lightheaded and mm-hmm. dizzy. Um, and for me, like those physical identifiers as a pretty young kid were the like 
the first kind of sign Mm -hmm. and then I as I got older I realized like okay like this is the mental process that goes along with it but when you're a kid like you feel like a bodily uncomfort yeah discomfort discomfort yeah comfort uncomfort I mean yeah yeah that's really awesome I hadn't I I love that you shared that because I think that's definitely really true and I I like that the story kind of has that dual Mm -hmm. um, meaning of giving kids a wholesome happy ending story that just shows love regardless of gender and then also kind of normalizes bodily reactions to stress to nervousness to excitement to having a crush um and just giving these positive examples and and language to to give them to work with in the future Mm -hmm. i think it's really cool that is really cool so as a person who identifies as queer what did crushes feel like at a young age for you for me personally i grew up in a very conservative christian family and so it was never an option to have crushes on girls or not on boys um but it's interesting because i i put all these like somatic symptoms in my story and i definitely remember around certain people i had crushes on boys and then i also definitely like had these somatic body reactions to girls that I just didn't recognize as crushes because I didn't have that language to surround it. So I knew like, oh, I get nervous around this boy. I have a crush on him. But whenever I would get nervous around other girls or my hands would get sweaty or I would like get all shaky, um, I just didn't know that that's what it meant. And that's funny that I say that because before I got to like elementary school and before crushes were a thing, like, whenever I was playing with my toys and playing play pretend, gender just wasn't a thing. Um, whenever my Barbies would have little relationships, whenever I would play, like, with Barbies or Polly Pockets, it would be girls with girls, boys with boys, girls with boys. And so it shocked me that I didn't know then, and I did, it took me so long to identify as queer. I didn't identify myself as queer until 18 or 19 years old. Um, but it was there, and I think that's a big thing is that children experience life without naming it um for a good amount of of their childhood um and so telling stories where like not even that you're we're not naming these things we're not saying like oh they're gay um but just giving them examples of some of things to think about and people that look like them um and giving them stories with words to depict their experiences it helps them kind of sort that out a little faster and so i wish i had sorted my sexuality out a little bit sooner I think it's really cool that you can, like, looking back, identify places in your childhood Mm -hmm. where you're like, something was up there. Yeah. I wish I'd known, but, like, it's, and to me, it's, like, very demonstrative of, like, this is who you are. Mm -hmm. It's unchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope that kids will know that, too, and be okay with that. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) 